Hello, and welcome to Marketing Retro, the podcast where Josh and Adrian talk about what's on their mind and have questions about marketing in general. So Josh, what is your question today? Today, Adrian, I thought we'd dip a little bit more into kind of what's going on in your life, because I've seen a lot of Twitter activity, some LinkedIn activity. You've got this thing, and it surrounds the word growth stalls. So kind of take us back to a little bit of what's what's caused this change uh, that in messaging that you've got going on. Yes, I can take it. Okay, so um, it's very new, and... <clears throat> I'll take you back. So a few weeks ago, I was feeling, I was in an entrepreneurial pit, essentially. The days were dark. I was frustrated. Um, it was one of those days where it's like, I don't know what I'm doing. Actually, it was probably longer than a day. It lasted a week or two. Um, none of this is working. Everything sucks, right? So I was having, I was on that part of the roller coaster of your entrepreneurial journey. Um, and I knew that I'd been seeing some trends in my own business for about the last 18 months. Um, people were not necessarily hiring me strictly for buyer persona projects. We They'd come to me, they would meet a buyer persona, and then we'd get involved in the project and it would turn out like they just needed more user research. They actually needed internal team research. We identified lots of things going on. So that's where I was. That's what started it all off. Cool. So take us back a little further. So Best Buyer Persona, and mm -hmm. I know you do content consulting, and I know you got your start with doing content consulting. So yeah. take us back a little further to paint context a bit for the listeners. Yes. Okay. So <clears throat> I started off six years ago as a freelance writer, quickly realized that my clients didn't know who their best buyers were. They didn't know who their audience was. They didn't have any like meaty stuff. Um, also at about that same time, I realized that I am a very slow writer. So about 2018, I created Best Buyer Persona and switched into content strategy. Content strategy took off. That was really easy to get clients. People referred me. People got what it was that I was doing. Um, so that kind of became, or that did become uh, the bread and butter of my business, right? I had a few clients who were doing this content strategy, but I still really believed in Best Buyer Persona. Um, I launched it in 2018 and nothing happened. Like zero things happened. I did a lot of research beforehand to identify that it was a problem that people needed. Um, and I just, pro what I think, what I've kind of hindsight realized that I didn't have the confidence in myself um, to really keep continually promoting the thing if it was hard. I was taking the easier path and content strategy leads were just landing in my inbox. So I went that direction. Um, 2020, after we're working almost full time with one big whale content strategy client, I was like, okay, I really know that the consultancy is where I want to go. This is what I'm trying to achieve. I really like the research part. I enjoy, um, you know, getting internally with companies and identifying problems and things like that. So um, I really made Best Buyer Persona my my goal, like my focus. And then um, the thing is about Best Buyer Persona, I kind of just picked the name and mm -hmm. thought, oh, this will be great because people know what personas are. Turns out what I was doing, even from the beginning, wasn't personas. And there was a lot of education I had to do, a lot of misunderstanding in what I do. Um, there were There were just a lot of challenges just by calling it and positioning it as a persona. Right. So like, because yeah, 
who is it? HubSpot, all these other companies in the past have been doing this persona, the typical marketing Mary, all of those types yeah. of things. So as much as it was a known category or a known thing, what you were doing was different. And it was almost an uphill battle trying to change the conversation versus trying to, you know, I guess, instigate the, the conversation about, about that. So it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I kind of get that. Well, not that. But it's kind of this. It's more. Yeah. It's more research. It's more of the other things that I've heard you say. So um, that's really interesting. And just a question: When you said consultancy, I'm assuming you meant from consultancy, meaning like you're taking uh, like clients and kind of going through projects. Versus when you started as a writer and then you went into content strategy. Content strategy. You were a also still a consultant, but you were more of like consistently working with the same. So it's more like retainer and retainer. for longer periods, yeah. more of like it, ex it extended staff from yeah. other teams. But now it's more of like, hey, I like these bigger meteor projects, get in, get out. And you were doing that with Best Buyer Persona. And then now it kind of leads us where you are today, which was this struggling between all of these things converging and really deciding how do I go full hog into consultancy and what is it I'm really solving for people that does it in that way versus tethering me to like, you know, five clients where I am an editor and a strategist like consistently for them. Right. Absolutely. And the thing with Best Fire Persona, if you want to talk about like being tethered, is I was constantly talking about the process and the solution um, every piece of content that I created was how do I create these personas? I would go in depth on my knowledge base and like the process of how you do it. How do you run good interviews? How do you get people on the phone? Um, you know, I mean, I've got tons of talks and presentations that I've done on it. Um, but come to find out that kind of positions me as someone who executes and is a helper of people doing research projects and large consulting things. And that's not where I wanted to be. I wanted to be the owner of the consultancy. I wanted to be the one who's fixing the problems, not the ones with the, um, you know, execution solution necessarily. So like I said, I was in kind of that entrepreneurial pit. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to um, work my way through this? I, there was a bit of a struggle. Like, do I actually want to let go of the persona? Because I mean, if someone talks about, oh, anybody know anybody who does buyer personas? I get tagged tons of times. And um, who's talking about personas in an interesting way? I get tagged tons of times. So I've, not that I've like, am a famous brand, but I've kind of in my little circle become known for doing personas really, really well. And I had a really good, unique, different take, which I felt like at the time would be my differentiator, right? Like this makes me different. It did, but I think it made me too different. And it made it to where, like I said, it was constantly rolling a boulder uphill because I was always trying to um, explain to people, well, no, when I say persona, I don't mean that. I mean this. I don't mean one of these things. I mean this thing. Um, so had a job to be done research project for my own business, kind of had somebody come through, um, go through my old sales calls, talk to customers. And then I had a coaching call with Chris Lima, 30 minutes. I bought a 30 minute thing off of like clarity, I think is what it was called. Mm -hmm. And I kind of rolled my eyes at first. I was like, these things never work out. Like I buy them and then we get on the phone and the person ends up telling me everything I already know. And it ends up basically being a waste of time. But 
you know, he was highly recommended. So I thought, okay, I'll give it a shot and we'll see. Like, we'll just see. If not, then another, you know, $300 lesson learned, I guess. Um, That was a really good investment though. He did a great job. I basically walked him through in the first like three to five minutes of everything I know to do, everything I'm doing, kind of where my offering sits. Um, And he called out the growth stalls. He was like, oh, I bet you're dealing with a lot of misinformation um, and probably, you know, helping people push past plateaus was what he said. And I just kind of bust out laughing, honestly, because I was like, yeah, actually, that's what we've just found out. Um, that's what we learned. My The last, like, I can't remember the exact numbers, but like four out of my last six clients on our sales call, on the onboarding call mentioned, like, we were growing really fast and we've stalled out all of a sudden. We're trying to figure out why we've stalled out. So Chris's advice was you have to marinate in the problem. You've been trying to send a signal of a solution for people who don't know what the solution is. They don't know what they need. They know the problem they currently have. So you have to marinate in the problem. Meaning like every post you, like when you post on LinkedIn, when you post on Twitter, all the content you create needs to be focused on the problem of these growth stalls, not the solution of a buyer persona, user research, internal team dynamics, like all of that stuff. They'd have to identify the fact that those two things are connected um, and then like what they need to do. So once he said that, it was like a click went off in my brain and just, it was, the dam had been opened. Like I was ready to go. That made so much sense to me. Um, I, I knew that's what I was already doing. So I've been going back. Um, I actually Googled growth stalls just to be like, what are people talking about when they mention growth stalls? Uh, and then one of the first articles I found was from Derek Van Beaver from Harvard. And he did a huge growth stall study in 2008. Um, amazing. Like the whole thing was things I've seen. Um, there's data back to support it. Really good, chunky, meaty data. So I'm like using this as a good basis. I'm in contact with Derek uh, right now trying to update the piece even. Um, so it, it, it actually allowed me to envision where this could go. Like seeing it as the problem allowed me to say, okay, this is the consultancy aspect and this is how the consultancy is going to be able to grow because we're going to solve this problem. That's cool. Yeah, like... It makes me wonder how many of those earlier you're talking about people referred you based off of knowing you did best buyer persona, right? Or buyer personas. Yeah. And so when, when people would come in the door and you were, you talked about, you know, pushing the boulder uphill, I'm assuming it was like a largely an educational problem you had to continue giving. And, and you're just basically kind of almost pushing yourself to a I guess a higher place in the funnel, so to speak. I know there's a lot of people that don't like funnels, but yeah. <laughs> in the funnel where you had to, you know, they came in for a reason and you had to kind of shift, you had to pull them out of a solution mode and pull them into like, let me get you back into re-education and then down a, di- a different solution tunnel um, where now I would say at the top of that other tunnel would be, the growth stall problem. Cause like we know as marketers and I'm sure I know I do the same thing, but it's hard to see within yourself, but yeah, what's the pain, right? So the pain is growth stall. So when they're talking about those, that's the pain. And now the solution can be things like buyer personas and other things down there versus where you ended up with starting on a solution and saying someone is looking for buyer personas and you're like, well, that's not really what I do. And then having to basically traverse back up the hill 
and then bring them down. And then it's like the ones that went down the hill, I would say, you know, those, those are the ones that you said resonated with growth stalls. Those are the customers you had that were successful. These are the ones that once they got it and it clicked for them, that's the pain point that they were looking yeah. for. Yeah. And those were the clients that actually hired me numerous times throughout the year. So we were doing three or four projects, four to six projects, um, you know, identifying different issues in different places. They were like, oh, great. Now you figured out our persona segments. Like now we need to find out what their hierarchies are. Like what is our best buyer's internal corporate structure look like? Like all of a sudden everybody's got new jobs titles and they're hidden. Um, and then through those processes, one of the steps that I always did was internal stakeholder interviews. I still do them. Uh, but those revealed uh, internal conflicts. And like I would mm. come back and say, hey, one of the big issues is your sales and your product team aren't aligned. Your sales uh, lead doesn't know the product. I asked for everyone's point of view, like what if you could learn one thing, what would it be? And they have two drastically different points of view and things they want to learn. So if there's misalignment here, that's also going to cause the stall and growth. So while I was doing prep work for these persona and these segmentation things, we identified internal issues. So that kind of became where it was like, oh, yeah, this is. And then when I read in the growth stalls book, there are only four real reasons for a growth stall. Um, it's misalignment internally with your people, misalignment externally with your people, like you're targeting the wrong customers. Um your products aren't aligned with your customers. So essentially you're creating things people don't need uh, or your strategy. People aren't, they're, they're doing the old things, the things we've always done. Oh, well, this is just the way it's always been. So those are really like the only four reasons that this, when they did this study, they found that people, that companies actually stall out. And I was like, well, no wonder that's what we're already addressing. Like those are the things that we've been addressing this entire year for my clients. So it was interesting. Yeah. It was interesting to see a relief, honestly. Oh, I love that. I love like now that I'm seeing this painted picture in my head, it's at the top. You have growth stalls. And now the solutions are buyer personas, which solve that, I think, second growth item you mentioned, which mm -hmm. was like, how do the customers perceive you? Yeah. Because uh, those are customer yeah. interviews, those things. And then you talked about. So that's like product line one. <laughs> product line two is these internal communications as part of, you said, misalignment within executives or on the team or just anyone basically kind of pushing in different directions or not on the same page with what are the priorities of the business and how does this go? Um, you mentioned a third. What was the third? Basically, so there, uh, the, the strategy within the executive team, the assumptions they make. One of okay. the other questions I always ask is, what is something you know to be true? Like without a doubt, you you know it to be true. Um, and that's because, and I didn't know this at the time, but the, the this book and the article uh, confirmed it. But I always knew that if you're assuming it to be true, you haven't fact checked it in a while. So we need to make sure that when we're going and doing our research, when we're going and doing and looking, I got to verify the thing that you absolutely know to be true, because sometimes they turn out not to be true. Um, and that's what, when I came across that in uh, Derek Van Beaver's uh, book, Growth Stalls, it was like one of the biggest red flags of a growth stall is when your executive team just knows something. This is an absolute truth. This is something that we've been doing for 15, 20, 10 years. Like there's no reason to even check our bias because we know it's true. That's a right, danger point. Right. Like you, you need to check into that. So 
Um, that was kind of like, it was confirming, right? Like something I was already doing. And now this genius guy who works at Harvard and has done this massive study has confirmed it. I'm like, okay, good. I'm on the right track. You know, right. you said it a lot more eloquently and whatever, but through different cases, but it's like your intuition, the things you were actually doing that were making a difference for your customers. So yeah, it's like you, now you have these different product lines and then I'm assuming potentially the, one of the other growth stalls you mentioned was, I think like doing old things or doing things that they thought were working, but maybe aren't working anymore. And that's probably common, uh, like growth, I would say like growth teams today, right? Doing more experimentation mm -hmm. and whatnot. And I'm sure you could be like, oh, hey, I've also heard of this. You're not doing this. Is there a reason why? And maybe that uncovers, you know, uh, executive misalignments. Like I thought this was spammy. I thought that was good. Why is that? That's performance. That's brand. There's all these different places, but it probably just, I'm sure you can go in and give ideas. Um, but if you want to stay at the execution, you're probably just like, well, here's some ideas, I'm not going to do those for you. That's sort of on plate three of the growth stall thing, but I will refer you. I will help plug other people in. And now you've got this like full, full checkbox of all these uh, yeah. growth stall. And that's the solutions. thing I didn't want from a consultancy. Cause you hear the bad thing about consultants is they just come in, spout their ideas and leave. And then you're kind of left there as the business going, okay, like now what? Um, so what I wanted to do is really provide the insights, and then a roadmap, and then the execution. So it's almost like when I see us getting, you know, bigger and larger companies, it could, that, that's almost a three-phase process or a three-phase project. Um, and whether I am the one who is necessarily, quote unquote, like hiring the people who are doing the executing, um, you know, I would want to partner with agencies who are really good at it. I would want to partner with other consultants or other freelancers or whoever the thing may be where I can say, you know, look, you need new landing pages, you need tighter conversion rate optimization, you need, you know, whatever the thing may be, your products need to be tweaked. Like, here's some people who can help you if you don't have the internal resources to do it yourself. That's the goal. No, I love that. And that seems to put you at where you, you know, you thrive and where you actually are more interested in doing on a continuous basis. You build up these, these roadmaps and probably just sets you up so you can kind of come back in six months later. Hey, how did you do on this? Yes. Where else do you need help? Like, it looks like you didn't execute on plan. Did something change? Or do we need to do a little bit more research again? Do we need to dig further? Do we need to, you know, is the team not aligned? Do we need to bring some other people in to help? Or, you know, so it, it's, it sets you up in a nice way where you're not hooked in for all the minutia and details, but, but in a high leverage position, so to speak. Yeah. It's almost like I'm trying to, it's still new, right? So I'm still trying to like really clarify it, but it feels like it's almost leadership development, coaching, and, you know, the customer development and internal team development. So it's like a, it's a, it's a huge process or it could be huge. Um, but I like right now I want to start with like you said, those three kind of product lines, who is the customer, what's the customer development, who's the team, um, and then help people just see the gaps. I think when, like just in my own experience, I could not see this. And this was right in front of my face. When you run your own business, you're, you don't see the gaps. You don't see where, um, you know, there are issues and the problems are because you're, it's yours, you're in it. And I don't know why 
it's so hard in your own business to be, or in it, you know, blind is just kind of part of it. Um, but I think it's definitely common. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's just pure physics. Like you can't be in two places. And I think a lot of people figure out how to maybe create space for themselves, like with retreats or with think days or with mm-hmm. peer groups, other ways to like pull them, the, pull themselves out of the day to day. Because uh, in the day to day, you have to execute and you have to follow rules and process. Otherwise, you could just wander for days and not actually get the things done. So, yeah, uh, yeah, I think I think that's I think that's really interesting. The way you know you talked about the find you're actually helping them do that. The same thing that you're you know because it's easier for you to come in from that outside perspective and tell them so it's just like well who does it for people like adrian right <laughs> does adrian get her help right cuz you had those same uh, what i forgot what you said there was something where, where executives have like a set of rules or something that they believe that was true and then they have to go back and check it what did you call that yeah their biases they have these assumptions that they know are absolutely true and people don't ever ask them like, what are you, what are you assuming? What do you know is true? They never, right. like my clients, every time I ask that, they're like, oh, I don't know. No one's, no one's ever asked me that. No one asked I me thought yeah, about no it. No one questioned it. Because it's just something that's always been true. Especially if you have a mature product and an older team, you've been around for a long time together. You most, if you've worked with somebody for 10 years, there are internal biases and just knowns that you all are making that you're not even aware of. So someone asked me today, like, well, how do you, how does the CEO, how are you supposed to then come in and assume, like check those biases? Um, And it's really hard doing it by yourself. Like it's almost impossible, but I just said, you have to start getting everybody in a room and writing down what you quote unquote know on a whiteboard. If if you can't afford someone like me to come in and help you. and try to do it by yourself, at least question what you know. Yeah, we definitely have had a lot of those. I can think of the ones that I'm even checking now, our own biases that where you're like, if you asked me six months ago, it'd be like, yeah, definitively, a thousand percent, this is true. And then, and it might've been in that period or the two years before that, that I learned that thing, but that's what helped me execute in a direction at that point in time. But now times have changed, things have changed, and what yeah. what is is no longer true. And for you, that was probably best prior persona holding on to that was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking to clients. I'm still working. I'm still getting customers. I'm still getting. I'm still like producing value. All of these things uh, that can wait. Like it's still working, mm-hmm. but like until enough of these stones got in your shoe to where you're realizing like, why do I keep stepping in this? Why is this yeah. this so hard? Even though, yeah, I can, you're you know, great at execution and you've found all these great customers to work with, but you step back and you're like, well, but why was that one so hard? Why was that? And yeah. then it took a while for you to question your own biases. So Yeah. And I held on to it for way too long. I talked to some really smart, really strong mentors um, in the spring and they were like, so I think you're probably going to struggle with this persona thing. And I mean, these are like Bob Moesta was one of the men who mm-hmm. told me this. And I was like, you're right. I am. But like, here, you know, I, I justified, I wrangled with it. Um, even though I saw it coming, I didn't make a move fast enough. And then it seems crazy now in hindsight, right? That I was struggling so hard. Like it was a, 
when I said it was an entrepreneurial black hole, um, I mean, like, people were like, are you okay? What's wrong? Adrian? Like, I was in a cloud for probably a couple of weeks, just like, how can I figure this out? But the answer was literally in my face. I just, I, I don't know if I was in my own way. I don't know if I just couldn't see it. But that's why I was like, I need to talk to someone externally who can just shake these cobwebs and like, help me push through this. I just need a little help. And I mean, once we did, which I, you know, if we relate that back to like my clients, just a little help. If you get a little bit of help, that whole, the floodgates will open and the growth happens. So I'm excited to help people in this way, but it does. The new messaging feels really weird. I feel like I have to justify it a little bit. Like, why are you talking about growth stalls all of a sudden, Adrian? You've been talking about personas for three years. And now what What do you know about growth stalls? What do you know about, uh, you know, coaching leadership development? And so I, I almost feel like I have to explain the process to people. People aren't caring. Like, let's be real. No one is watching you <laughs> as much as you think they are. But yeah. it feels to me internally, I'm having that dialogue, like, you don't know what, like people aren't going to believe you. How do you know? All you've been talking about is the research. They don't know that you've spent months working on internal team development with other companies and things like that. So it, it feels like a brand new wardrobe that maybe is a little tight. You know, I've, I've said I've, I might look better, but it does feel a little awkward right now just to kind of be talking in this way, but it, it'll get Love comfortable that. soon enough. Yeah, no. Yeah, with practice, we know, we, you know, with you with repetition, it just starts to feel like you get further from that other persona, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, where where this new one? Um, last question as we round up this topic. So, you know, you're talking about six months, you were fighting it, and you were just like, kind of in that mode of just like, nope, I know what I'm doing. And that's, yeah, someone could have told me this thing and it might not have resonated then. So is there anything you would have said to yourself? Like if if current, present Adrian could go back and talk to past Adrian of six months ago, what would she say to kind of shake her tree, so to speak? Yeah, it would have been, are you sure? Like testing my own assumptions. Are you sure that's what you're going? Are you sure this is working? Are you sure? Like, have you really? Because I feel like at some level I knew in my gut, but I was just kind of going for it. And then the other question that I like to ask myself is like, why not? I think I was afraid to let go of the persona thing because it was a quote unquote brand identification for me. And why? Who? Like, why not? Who cares? You know, people actually know Adrian and I've worked really hard to make actual friends, not just like a brand. Um, so, you know, if I change my mind on what I'm doing, like, why not? Why not change it? What's the worst that could happen? So those are the two okay. questions I'd okay. ask myself. Yeah. Yeah. Or even I would say, could you push yourself on the thought that there's just safety in it? Right. Cause I think mm-hmm. that's what restricts a lot of change is just saying, well, I know this is working. Like, so why why change it? I don't know if hopping off this all all of a sudden my conversions change from forty percent down to ten percent. Is that now I've now I is that reversible? All these other things, right? So yeah. Um, but yeah, I love your other statement on just that. Like 
no one's really listening. <laughs> it's just all in our own head and right. probably flipping that. Even if you flipped for a month talking about this and it didn't work and you flipped back, who would have actually noticed? Like right. maybe you or me yeah. and that's it. And everyone else would be like, oh, was that, wasn't that just a thread? I don't know. Wasn't that just like one newsletter thing of, of a topic? It wasn't like a whole change to your business. So anyway. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, thanks for sharing that. That was uh, that was very insightful and got me to know more behind the covers of all those uh, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter tweets and and LinkedIn posts. Yeah, thanks, Josh. Cool. All right, talk to you later. Bye.